the Lord from whom all blessings flow. Ah, hallelujah. Blessings to each and every one of you. Grace and peace and welcome to this evening's Bible study. I count it a privilege and an honor to stand before you. Uh, I give glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, to my bishop, the Reverend Dr. Benjamin Keith Watts, and my first lady, Lady Cynthia Watts. I honor both of you and thank God for you. Uh, to all of you leaders here at Shiloh, I thank God for you and I thank God for what he does in each of you. And to my family, to my husband, Elder Martin, and my two children, Trefina and Robert, I thank God for them. And I also thank God for you, my Shiloh family. I praise God for you and I thank you for praying and interceding on behalf of my mother. Uh, she's coming along and I want you to continue to please pray and believe God with me for her total healing. And I thank God for you once again. Well, tonight, let's prepare to go to the word. But before we do that, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just bless you. We thank you and we honor you for who you are, ah, that you are truly an awesome God, that there is none like you. We thank you for this appointed time that we will share your word. Ah, let your word speak life unto us. Let it move us to a deeper and intimate relationship with you. Holy Spirit, we invoke and invite your presence. We thank you for this time. And we ask you to be in the midst. In Jesus' mighty name, I do pray. Amen. I want you to take a journey with me as we explore and examine what I consider to be a meaningful topic. But before we go there, I want you to take a look at this movie clip. Please, 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 please bring life back in. 
like, please. Come breathe life into John, please. Please, God, send your Holy Spirit to save my son! We've got a pulse. What? We've got a pulse! We've got a pulse, trauma two. You got a pulse? Yes. Prepare intubation. Joyce? Where, where's John? Joyce. Oh, hi. How's John? Well, John's got a pulse, but it's weak. Now, we're doing everything we can to stabilize him, and we're airlifting him to Cardinal Glenn in downtown right now. They've got the foremost expert in drowning, Dr. Garrett. Now, in my opinion, he's John's only chance. Tonight, our lesson is from the theme, radical prayers get radical results. The clip that you just saw is from the movie Breakthrough. It was based on the true story of a 14-year-old who fell through the ice and drowned in right in the lake. But his mother of strong faith prayed a radical prayer that called upon the Holy Spirit to activate and called him to come back from the brink of death to be healed. This mother prayed a radical prayer that declared that my son shall not die, but live to declare the works of the Lord. But there will be times in our lives that we have come to the place where we would have to pray a radical prayer, a radical and a desperate prayer that will declare for one of our family members and our loved ones that they shall not die, but live to declare the works of the Lord. And nothing else matters. Nothing else will matter when you find yourself in the dire need of a breakthrough, especially when you're on the verge to having a breakdown where nothing matters, where you cannot dress it up, fix it up, make it up. You would have to just pray a radical prayer and believe by faith that you have radical results. My inspiration was originated by the men and women in the Bible whose prayers were fervent, meaningful, passionate, radical. And after reading some of them, I pondered can this really be possible? Or is this only what goes on in the Bible? Or can it be possible in this day and age? And I thought, if we really want to see God move, if we really want to see God at his best, if we really want to see situations and circumstances turn around and lives drastically changed and family dynamics change, it will only happen 
when we pray radical prayers that gets God's attention. You radical prayers are simply to simply state that I pray based on God's promises. Regardless of what the situation looks like, even if it looks like a grave situation, radical prayers are not based on a doctor's report. Radical prayers are not based on a credit report. Radical prayers are based on the word of God. They're not based where you started in life, but they're based on his word. So my curiosity got the best of me. And I combed through the scriptures and became interested in knowing the men and women who prayed radical prayers and I considered their actions that made the difference. So I have had a few prayers that I thought about, but the Lord brought me to Jacob's prayer in Genesis chapter 32, verses nine through 12. And then also Jacob's encounter with God in verses 21 through 26. But I am strongly encourage you at your leisure to read it chapters 32 and 33 entirely. But in the essence of time, I will only read a selected verses from the New Living Translation Bible. Right here, starting at verse nine in Genesis 32. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you told me to return to your own land and to your relatives, and you promised me that I will be treated kindly. I am not worthy of all your unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown to me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except a walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. Oh Lord, please, Rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he is coming to kill me along with my wives and children. But you promise me I will surely treat you kindly and I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore, too many to count. Verse 22. But during the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. And after taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn broke. Verse 26, then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Some of you Bible scholars is familiar with the story of Jacob. Just to give you the backdrop, Jacob is the one that stole his twin brothers Esau birthright and blessings. He was running from his brother in fear that he will kill him. And at this point in his life, 
His survival was depending on his brother's forgiveness of his wrongdoings. Jacob was known as a liar and a deceiver. He is most famous for impersonating his brother in order to trick his father into giving his brother's birthright and his blessing. These brothers literally started wrestling from the time they were in their mother Rebecca's womb. The Bible tells us in Genesis 25, verses 22 to 24, that the Lord blessed Rebecca with a set of twins, Jacob and Esau. But when the time came, the twins were born, Esau came out red and was covered with hair, and Jacob came out after his brother and grasping his brother's heel. And that's why Jacob's name was called, he grasped his heel, and also means a deceiver. Jacob lived up to his name by deceiving his brother, but he can't solely take the responsibility alone. His mother put him up to it. Uh, there are too many important things in life that happen where we will normally blame someone else, but in this case, we see it in families where you have favoritism, where the mother favors one sibling over the other. This is what we see here. Esau was favored by his father, and Jacob was favored by his mother. But there were two important parts of being the eldest son, the birthright and the blessing. So the wrestling between these two brothers they started before they were even born. So I thought I'd raise some questions. What are you wrestling with tonight? What are you wrestling that was in your womb? Ah, what are the things that you're wrestling with that God had given you that you birthed, but now they're here? You're not taking care of them. What are the things that you are wrestling with? What has God given you to fulfill in the earth realm that you have not? Ah, uh, what are the things in your womb, but yet you refuse to move on it? What purpose that God has given you to fulfill that you figuratively represents twins that you're wrestling with? What babies you have carried in your womb, full term, that were born and yet you're wrestling now that they hear? What issues in life that you're dealing with that you need God to take control? So although Jacob had no control of his brother's heart and whether he would forgive him, he knew that God did, so he prayed a radical prayer. The word radical comes from the Latin word radix, R-A-D-I-X, which means root. That means that radical prayers go straight to the root of the matter. Radical prayers go below the surface. Uh, it dares to believe that the things can be different. 
it dares to believe that things can change regardless of the circumstances. Uh, it goes straight to the root and that's where it changes. Some of you, like myself, may have a green thumb where you love gardening. I absolutely enjoy it. I love gardening and I love the plants. I love the flowers. I love digging in the dirt where someone will not enjoy that. But you get to learn a lot of things when you're gardening. And one of the things that I love, although I love all the flowers, of course, is the lilies, the, the rhododendrons, and um, the hostas, and the azaleas. But then what disappoints me after you have that beautiful garden in a bed of flowers is when the weeds begin to grow in them. And the weeds, one thing about them, they do not care where they grow. They have no permission. They grow anywhere they choose. So what, you, what I end up doing is going in and pulling out the weeds. But weeds, you cannot pull them from the top. You have to pull them from the root. So I have to get down in the dirt and take my gardening tool and dig down and cut it off right at the root. So I pull them up and then I take it out and then you can see the roots that are hanging down from there. That had came up from the root. You have to do the same thing when you're praying radical prayers. You cannot pray them at the surface. You have to pray them from the root and eradicate it so it cannot return. Radical prayers dares you to believe that what is impossible with man is possible with God. So the first thing I noticed when I was reading through Jacob's prayer that we can glean from is that radical prayers that get radical results are prayed with sincerity. They are prayed with sincerity. It's amazing to me how we forget that God is omnipresent, that he is everywhere at the same time, that he sees all things, but yet we sometimes act as if God does not know anything about us. But Psalms 139, Psalms 139 says, God knows when we sit down and when we rise up. He understands our thoughts from afar. He scrutinizes our path and our lying down and intimately acquainted with our ways. Even before we speak a word out of our mouth, God knows it all. Sincere prayers are effective. And Jacob prayed in sincere, desperate prayer. He is terrified that his estranged brother Esau, and I encourage you to please go back and read the entire chapter, and you will find that Esau has set out with a party of 400 men to attack Jacob and his family. And if you were coming in peace, 
You don't take 400 men with you. The possibility frightened Jacob. So he split his entire caravan in two separate groups. So if one was attacked, the other one will be able to flee. He prayed sincerely and laid it out before the Lord. He said, you told me to return to my land and to my relatives. You know that I have some unresolved issues with my family, with my brother. We haven't dealt with that put a wedge between us and our family. You know, God, that we got this issue going on within our family. You know the problems that we have that we did not resolve at all. Father, you know this, but yet you're sending me back there. I don't want to deal with my family. You know how they can be. You know the issues. You know the drama. But God just sending me back there. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. This is the time that when you say, oh, come on, God. You know what's going on. You know that I don't want to deal with this. You know, God, how hard it is to deal with family issues and family problems that come at you. When you know, God, I don't want to deal with this. But in spite of, he says, in spite of my trickery, I am not worthy of your faithfulness and in your unfailing love that you have shown me your servant. And he said, when I left home, he laid it out before the Lord. When I left home, I owned nothing. I had nothing except the walking stick. Basically, only the clothes on my back. But look at me now. My household is filled with two camps, he says. And I own houses and land and own donkeys, sheep, goats, and many servants, both men and women. Oh, some of you have prayed the similar sincere prayer as to how God brought you from where you were. Oh, sometimes you can't believe it yourself that you have to look in the mirror and say, look what God has done that he brought me a mighty long way. <laughs> How can God had blessed him? And even what he had done, God still blessed him. How good God has been to him. In spite of what he did, oh, he prayed it in sincere prayer. And part of his prayer was of God's goodness and how God has blessed his, his life. Oh, don't get me to testify. God has been too good to me and my family. Oh, God has been too good to me. Oh, I know this is Bible study, but I tell you, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me and my family, I can just run around this entire church right now. But I'm going to pull it back because this is Bible study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But God has really been too good to me. Too good, too good, too good. If you just think about that for a moment, just take a moment to think about how good God has been to you and your family, how he has and where he has brought you from. Oh, that's enough just to say thank you. 
That's enough to tell him hallelujah. That's enough to lift him up with a prayer. That's enough to say, God, you've been too good to me. That I can't sit down. I can't not give you praise. I cannot say thank you. I cannot honor you. I cannot lift up my I got to praise you because you've been so good. And you've been so kind. Especially when you know you don't deserve it. But yet, God has been faithful. And God has been so good. And every time I think about it, I can't help but give him glory. I can't help but give him honor. And I can't help but give him praise for what he has done. But when you pray a sincere prayer, you cannot help. Even when you're laying it before the Lord, you cannot help but take a moment and just think how good he has been. Even when you're laying it all out. Even when you're saying, Lord, I know what I have done wrong. Like Jacob, I know that I deceived my brother. I know I was wrong. But yet you still bless me. You still keeping me. You're still making a way for me. And that's just how good God is. And that's just the kind of merciful God that we serve. That even in the midst of our wrongdoings, even in the midst of our flaws, God still blesses us. And he is so merciful, even when we do not deserve it. Hmm. And the second thing I need you to know about radical prayers that get radical results are prayed specifically. They are prayed specifically. In verse 11, Jacob specifically asked God to deliver me from my brother. He said, I'm afraid he is coming to kill me <laughs> along with my wives and children. You know, I have to be honest with you right now. I, I felt something there a certain kind of way when I read about wives, plural, I know polygamy of having more than one wife was a part of their culture. It, I understand that, I get it, but it was hard for me to swallow that. Come on now, Jacob, you got two wives, so if they captured one, you still, you had another one. You know, I didn't understand that, but again, that was their culture. You know, having two wives must have been very challenging. You know, I guess when one do something, yes, the other one will. So he had it kind of made when you thought about that. And if one, you know, left, then he had the other. So you know, but I, I, I digress right there, I digress. But it was just something that I thought about. And I don't know if you thought, but it was something that I thought about. But that was something different there. But we learned something from Jacob's prayer. He specifically stated that when he needed God, God showed up. Sometimes we pray vague prayers and expect radical results. Mm -hmm. Think about this. 
if someone came to you right now and asked you, how much debt you have and what would it take to get you out of debt? Would you answer them vaguely and say, oh, whatever you have, thank you, I'll take that. Oh, um, I think it's um, this amount. Or would you answer them specifically and say that I would need $300,456.26? How would you respond to them? Would you know? Would you know? What does it take to get you out of debt? How would you answer specifically in that amount? So everyone that's tuning in right now, when we finish Bible study, I want you to add up all the debt that you have, just in case someone asked you. Just in case. So I want you to add it up, all your debt that you have, just in case that you're asked specifically to give an amount. Would you be ready? Would you be ready to answer? So he encourages us to pray specifically, even though God knows what we need of, even before we ask. Our asking releases God to do it. It releases God to do it. Oh, some of us that have children, you know this too well. We don't mind buying our children gifts and things that they need. But it's something different when our children come to us and say, can I have, I need. It somehow releases us to do that. Even though we know what they had need of, but something about them asking me to do it causes me to leap and want to do it. Be simply because they asked me simply because they asked. And that's the same thing with God. He wants us to ask him. He wants us to ask him the things that we need. If he wants us to be specific, lay it down before him. Father, this is what I need you to do. This is what I'm dealing with. I know that you see all things and you know all things, but Father, I just need to share with you right now. This is what I'm dealing with. This, these are my fears. These are my concerns that I need you to help me with. Be specific when you pray. Don't pray a vague prayer when you want specific results. Ask the Lord, Father, what do you need for me? What do you need me to do? What is my part? in this whole thing. What do I need to do? I know my part, I'm gonna to pray to you. Yes, I'm gonna lay before you, but is there something else that I also need to do in this moment that you require me to do? And while you take care of the things that I can't do, and the worst things that we do sometimes is to pray and ask God 
for things that we can do on our own. God looks for us to access for big things, things that we cannot do, not the things that he already given us the will, the wisdom and the judgment to do. No, our prayers when we come to God to do the very things that only he can do. Specifically, pray. Pray specific prayers and get specific results. Then we look at the last lesson that we glean from radical prayers that get radical results. Our pray in solitude. They are prayed in solitude. This is not in Jacob's prayer, but we find this in verse 24, where Jacob was left alone, and a man came and wrestled with him until dawn. When left alone is usually when we find that God to minister to us at his best. Oh, God does his best work in us is when we are left alone. A place where we dismiss all distractions. A place where we dismiss those people and friends and issues. A place where we find comfort in his presence. A place where people's opinions and judgments don't matter. Oh, a place of solitude is where we can hear from God. That where we don't hear the noise and it's just God and you. Some of us experienced this during the pandemic. It was a time where we were left alone with God. We were left alone in our homes. We were left alone for two years. And by ourselves, we had the opportunity to spend with God. So when we think about it, for two years, we were alone in his presence. For two years, we had the ability for our prayer life to change. But when you look back now, in retrospect, if your pre-pandemic prayer life and your post-pandemic prayer life are identical, then you didn't take advantage of the alone time with God. Then you missed out a valuable opportunity to spend in his presence. You missed the opportunity to be left alone with God, that he can touch you in the deepest parts, places that men can never reach. The place of solitude where God can show you great and mighty things that you know not of. The place where you can hear his still, small voice or even where you can wrestle with God. I know the thought of wrestling with God seems like frightening to some of you. But Jacob was left alone to wrestle with God. Jacob 
was left alone just to wrestle with him. Ah, he was experiencing uh, the wrestling with God for himself. By all means, no one wants to think of their prayer life as a violent and forceful experience that holds heaven uh, to ransom, that holds God to his promises. Uh, no one wants to think about that. That is radical. Oh, that is a radical prayer where we put God in remembrance of his promises. Not because he forgot. No, it's to strengthen our spirit. Oh, it is to quicken our faith. And it reminds us of his mercy. Oh, that he has towards us. Who would dare take God as their opponent? Oh, it's hard to imagine ourselves physically wrestling with God until dawn. Oh, that's a long time from night until dawn. But take comfort in knowing that your greatest power lies within your greatest hours of prayer. Oh, I say that again, that your greatest power lies within your greatest hours of prayer. This was God himself in physical form. God in his humanity is also God divinity. So none of us can say like Jacob that we had a physical experience of wrestling with God. But we can say that we have spiritually wrestled with God. How uh, when Jacob was wrestling with God, he held on to God with everything that was in him. And he refused to let go until God blessed him. He wasn't asking for material blessings. He wasn't asking uh, for blessings of a, a cow and a goat, a sheep. He already had that. He was not asking God to bless him with land and world, wealth. He already had that. He wasn't asking for anything like that. How he comforted God. He wanted comfort from his failures. Uh, his weaknesses, his sins, everything that was hurting him. He wanted God to bless him to finally stop the division between him and his brother. He wanted the blessing of reconciliation with his brother Esau. Oh, he realized after all his deception, he could no longer go on without God. That he needed God, and right there, God blessed him. But how often are we guilty of wrestling with God? wrestling with God's will versus our will. Things that God didn't intended for us to have. But we wrestle with God when he attempted to take them out of our hands. There have been times when God attempted to remove someone out of your life. And we did everything within our power to convince them to stay. 
What about the times when God had wanted the best for you and, and he intended for you to have it? What about the time when you looked at a house and, and when you submitted offers and, and an issue, there was a problem at the issues at the problem and issues. And you became so frustrated, upset, and wrestled with God, trying to get him to co-sign your settlement. Then after you have gone through the process, you find yourself in a place of frustration because you have the blessing that God had not intended for you to have. And the blessing that God wanted you to have is right there at the door. Oh, you could see it, and you can touch it. Have you ever had those seasons where you felt like God is up to something? And that is the time that you have to grab a hold of God and say like Jacob, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not turning to the right. I'm not turning to the left. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me, until you bless me. I'm gonna hold on to everything that is in me. I'm gonna hold on to you and I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. Oh, where are the saints that are willing to not let go until God blesses you? What blessings do you need from God for your life? or the life of your family and your loved ones that are predicated on your prayer? What radical prayers that you need to pray to get radical results? And grab a hold onto God and declare that I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. You find it when you're alone with God. You find that when you spend time with God, just you and him, by yourself. You know, twice out of the year, I go away to shut in before the Lord. I take the three days in August and in December, and I go spend time with God. So over going, I want to say now over 20 years that I've been doing this. Scheduling it, putting it on a calendar, because it's that important to me. But years ago, when I first started spending no time away, and needed to go shut in at a cabinet, and need to go shut in at a hotel. Years, this was well over, I said over 20 years. At the time, my husband didn't understand that. And when we, just before I would leave, hmm, he would have that look on his face. And he didn't understand it. And I would go and shut it away. But it's a hard thing to understand, and who do you tell? It's not something that you share with your friends or, or your colleagues. You don't tell them that my wife goes away to shut in before the Lord, and I don't call her and we don't communicate for three days or so. Can you imagine that conversation? Can you imagine how friends may look at you and say, really? And you believe that? 
Yes, because it's true. Because that's the time when I go before the Lord and spend that time with him and, and give him my undivided attention. It's the time that I let him know how important he is to me, how important he is to my life and my living and my existence. The place of solitude, nothing like it. You experience his presence and you experience his power and you experience the Holy Spirit that begins to speak unto you and begin to direct you and begin to guide you. It's absolutely nothing like it. And now I can testify that when the time comes for me to go away and shut in, my husband helps me pack my bags. He helped me put things in the suitcase because he understands the importance of me going away to shed in before the Lord. It's nothing like his solitude being before the Lord. Something that I want to encourage you to do. It doesn't have to be three days. It doesn't have to be a day. It can be just a few hours that you spend before the Lord. Ah, get in his presence and let him begin to speak to you and you speak to him. It's nothing like it. I promise you this much. When you experience that depth of relationship and intimacy with God, it will change your life. It would change your entire life. So you ask yourself, what blessings do you need from God for your life? So we learn from Jacob's experience that life is not easy, especially when we take it upon ourselves to wrestle with God in his will for our lives. So we have to come to a place where God's will for our lives supersedes our will. However, it's a struggle. So we wrestle with it. Just like Jacob, we find ourselves struggling with God's will through the loneliness of the night. But by daybreak, his blessings will come. Ah, uh, his blessings will come. I pray that this Bible study has enriched your life in some way. Thank you for joining us. But I just want to take a moment to invite someone that don't know Jesus that you don't know this God that you may have to wrestle with some point in your life. I want you to give your life to him. And then the other is, if you do not have a, a church home, I invite you to be an I member. That's an internet member here at Shiloh. I invite you and I welcome you into the Shiloh family. Please call or email us. The information is right in front of you. 
wherever you are in the country, you can just reach out to us. And we would love to, for you to be an I member. We would love to have you join this ministry. We would love to have you come. But before we go, I want to also take up our beloved and offering. This is the money that we give away. We give it away to those in the community and even beyond the community. There are three ways that you can give here. And they're right in front of you. That we may be a blessing to others. We want you to help us to bless others because of your giving, because of your giving. Now I want to remind you, tomorrow is community prayer at 1 p.m. Join us for prayer. We are praying on behalf and interceding on behalf of so many that stand in the need of prayer. And we want you to be a part of that. And I just want to also remind each of you of something that's very special that's going to take place on Sunday that we want you to be a part of. Oh, we are celebrating our bishop's 37th pastoral anniversary. Oh, we are celebrating, we are celebrating, and we are looking forward to having a great time. Oh, we have Dr. Robinson, he will be our guest speaker. And we want all Shiloh members to be here in the house and join the celebration. So we invite you to join us in wearing royal blue, something royal blue. But we don't want you to go out and purchase anything. You don't have to do that. We're just suggesting that if you want to be a part of the celebration, that you go wear something royal blue. But if you don't have that, do not allow that to make you stay home. Don't let that be something that will keep you from coming into the house of the Lord. Our bishop and first lady will rather you be here with any color on instead of you being at home. We just want you here in the house to celebrate with us. And then also, there are gonna be a special time during service that we are gonna honor our bishop with a love gift. So I want you tonight, if you haven't done so already, to pray and ask the Lord, what is it that you would like me to give? What gift that you would like me to honor our bishop? I want you to pray about it. Don't let it be something that you think of. I want you to pray about it and ask the Lord, what gift and how can I be a blessing to my bishop? during the 37 years that he has been a blessing to each of us. And we thank God for him, and we thank God for our First Lady and the First Family. So I wanna make sure that you remember that, and please be here in the house with us. Oh, we wanna pack the house so they can feel the love. Oh, we know that you're online, and that's one way, but the other way is being right here with us in the midst of the celebration. Amen. Well, that's our time on tonight. I pray that this Bible study has been a blessing to you and it has touched your life in some way. 
And before we do that, I just want you to remember those that stand in need of prayer. Is so many of our senior saints. Oh, lift them up in prayer. Those who are grieving, those who have oh, lost loved ones, we know that. And I cannot recall all the names, but I do want to say to you, lift them up in prayer. Remember to pray for one another, to lift one another up before the Lord and ask the Lord to cover one another in prayer. So before we close out, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We honor you on tonight. We glorify you for who you are in all that you have done. We thank you for this experience and encounter. We ask your continued blessings to be upon us. Go with us and lead us and guide us. We thank you for the blessings of the offering on tonight. We pray that you would bless each giver, bless their households, increase that we declare and decree it. We thank you for this time. And we ask you to continue to go with us and lead us and guide us. And we'll be careful to give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise that you so rightly deserve. We love you. We honor you. We worship and we adore you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you all. I pray God's abundant blessings upon you and your family. I love you with the love of the Lord. And you go in peace. And may the peace of God go with each of you. God bless you.